everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, it is nothing but the news. It's been a heck of a last couple weeks, and we had to miss last week's show because of the awesome power outage. So we wanted to catch up and talk about all the crazy news that came out. And let me tell you, there's a lot of it. Wow. There's a lot of fucking there's, news. There's a lot of, I, I picked I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. <laughs> that, that's what, what my, my takeaway was for that. Yep. Uh, before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. And with all that out of the way, it's time for the prelude. Prelude. All right. It's the prelude. It's time to dive into what we've been up to this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time, and what has been making us happy. This is going to be real interesting. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to do a whole lot because, you know, no power. That's yeah. So as you all know, uh, faithful, loyal viewers and listeners, um, we were out last week because, uh, um, well, uh, long story short, there was freezing rain for two days. Usually yeah. that doesn't happen. Usually it gets cold enough to where freezing rain becomes snow. Yep. But we had two days of up and down temperatures right around freezing while it was raining. Mm -hmm. So what happens is <laughs> water accumulates on tree branches. And I mean like coats the tree branch, maybe up, up to, you know, quarter to half to even a full inch thick. Mm -hmm. You're talking about hundreds of gallons of water on a single tree branch and water is very heavy mm -hmm. and the branches fall. So any trees that were anywhere near power lines, they found power lines. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the Texas grid collapses once again for a different reason, but here we are. Yep. So that was our last week. Yeah. Neither of us really got to do anything because we were without power for several days. Yeah, I basically had a, a, a good friend of ours like loan me like a battery backup so I could charge my phone. Mm -hmm. I rewatched like you know, the third episode of The Last of Us while drinking wine because I hate myself. Watch it on your phone. Yeah, watch it on my phone. Like, <laughs> with my cats curled up on me because there's no power in all of Austin. Mm -hmm. um, I did get to play on my Switch a little bit. I played a little bit of Catherine to, to you know, I'm almost at the end of it. Oh, nice. So that's great. Um, you and I actually did do something, though, this last week that we can talk about. Mm. We watched Sandman. We finished watching Sandman. We did finish watching Sandman. Man, what a great show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I cannot recommend it enough. There's another season coming according to Netflix. So fingers crossed that actually happens. Yep. But uh yeah. Oh man. Um for fans of the comic and not fan and, and people who never heard of it, this is a wonderful show on Netflix and that this is becoming a rarer and rarer thing for mm -hmm. Netflix. So Absolutely. please go watch it. Go give it your love. Let them know that you want to see more because uh, the show is a treasure. Having a comic book this that's trying to be this profound and trying to tell this kind of a story yeah. be this faithfully adapted is one of the rarest things like yeah. you know this adaptation goes right up there with you know uh the, the other current great adaptations we're getting like the last of us mm -hmm. and um the league of legends with arcane you know mm -hmm. we're talking about source material that it lives up to and even at times elevates the original stuff mm -hmm. and yeah I, I can't recommend it enough sandman was wonderful yeah, so that's the, the one little thing that we got to do when we weren't freezing in our respective homes because of what happened in Austin. Yeah, and that was last week. What did we do this week? This week, I worked. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing a lot of working. I actually had to house sit for a couple days. Yeah. So what I've actually done while I was house sitting is I watched... I, I, I caught up on Harley Quinn. I am I'm at the beginning of season three. Yeah. I have gone through the first two seasons, and what a fucking spectacular show. Yeah, if you are not watching Harley Quinn, you're, you're missing out. It is... Yeah. It's, fantastic it, it's on hbo max um it's an animated show uh starring a lot of really incredible voice actors from alan tudyk to cali kuko to the um jason alexander uh you know it, it, there's so many great voice actors on this show um and it's funny it's genuinely funny it it, it can be moving it can it, it can be uh you, you know sweet it can tear your heart out um yeah, this is this is a fantastic show. One of the hidden gems on HBO Max among all of the DC stuff, which, you know what, some of it can be really good. But this, this is a cut above. This is one of the best animated shows I've seen since Venture Brothers. Mm -hmm. This it show really does take you places and it's self-aware in, in a really um, charming way. So, yeah, uh, Harley Quinn, definitely watch that. Yep. All right, that's everything we have for the prelude this week, but stick with us because on the other side, we'll be going into the news in the Weekly Raid. The Weekly Raid. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. It's time for the weekly raid, your roundup of this week's geek news. A lot to cover, that's why we're only doing the news this week, so let's jump in. Spider-Man Noir is getting his own live action series. It'll take place in 1930s New York and will have an older, more grizzled main character. Uh, it was confirmed that this, Peter, that this Spider-Man will not be Peter Parker and that this show will be set in its own universe. It's being developed by Sony and being put on Amazon. Um, did you say live action? Yep. Okay. Live action Spider-Man Noir. I, I, <laughs> I know it's impossible, but I really hope they just use Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right. Like, I would, uh, it feels like the type of thing he'd be down for, too. Has anyone asked him? I don't know if they have or not. I hope, please do. Please. I know he's expensive, but, like, come on. Right. And it was weird. It's weird. There's another property, I think, that got announced this week, too, which is the character Silk. She's also part of the, the Spider-Verse, uh -huh. um, and she is going to be getting a show as well on Amazon being produced by Sony. Wow. So. They're really just diving right into the Spider stuff, huh? Yep. I think they might have realized that they have a lot of stories that they can tell in this universe after Into the Spider-Verse and the success of all of the stuff that they've collaborated with Marvel with, yeah. so... Yeah, it, it, you know what it makes me? It makes me really hyped for, um, you know, um, Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Part one. Mm -hmm. Because if they're diving into this now, they probably have really high hopes for the reception of that movie, which, you know, makes me I very mean, excited. Yeah, that, I, I, anything yeah. like the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a day one. I think even Aaron will be excited to see yeah, that movie. Like there's a, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, also in Amazon news, Amazon purchased the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise from Embracer Group for a whopping $600 million. This is the second largest rights purchase Amazon has made, with the rights for Lord of the Rings being the first. That is, yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings is a franchise you spend, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on, for mm. sure. Tomb Raider? I don't know, man. Upward inflection? Like, yeah. like, like, hey, you know, I mean, she, she she has had a very, very successful run of video games. Her, all of the last Tomb Raider games were excellent. They go up there with, you know, a lot of the open world adventure games. Very Uncharted, very, um, no, it's mostly Uncharted. Yeah. A little bit of survival, lots of, you know, gun combat, a little bit of crafting, a little bit of puzzle solving, but all sure. very survivalist. They've been very good games, voiced, uh, you know, no, voiced very well, acted very well, designed very well. I have almost zero complaints about those games. But is it worth $600 million? To Amazon, I don't know. It's not like her last movie did very well. Right. So I'm not sure what they're where, where they're going with this, mm -hmm. um, but... I mean, they have literal Amazon money, sure. so, I, you know. Sure. Right. Yeah, let, let, let's do it. I mean, it's... What can I say except that I'm glad that, like, Square Enix and, like, Eidos Montreal and, like, all of these subsidiaries are just continuing to sell off the properties that people love while they <laughs> dive deeper and deeper into the NFT space. Right. Um, I wish Konami had done the same. Right. God damn it. Yeah, Konami, please sell it sell every tell Amazon all your properties. H one eight four, Atomic Monster, uh, Charon Entertainment, and 21 Laps Entertainment are all collaboratively adapting Kane Peer, uh, Parsons' viral YouTube sensation, The Backrooms, into a full movie. That series, if you're not familiar with it, has over a hundred million views on YouTube. And it's part of a wave of liminal space horror that's been getting increasingly popular online. James Wan is one of the producers, and uh, Robert Patino, who wrote and produced the first two seasons of Westworld, is penning the script. This is an insane amount of talent that's going into adapting a YouTube series. Like, like, let's not even like, like. There are a lot of incredibly good, incredibly worthy YouTube series. Yeah. What we're talking about right now. It is and, and don't get me wrong, it's not like it's not unsettling, it is, but it's basically creepy pasta. Yeah. It is basically like a a, a you know, it's something that happened like on Reddit one day that, mm -hmm. that people kept diving deeper into. And I get why people find it uneasy. Yeah. I get why people find it creepy. Mm -hmm. But I mean it's not scary. So mm -hmm. so I, I honestly can't wait to see what this kind of talent does with something like this. Right. It reminds me a lot of um uh what's the show from Apple TV I just watched? Um 
uh, 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 separation, um, okay. severance, severance, severance. Right. Yes, the one, um, the, the one where your, uh, where your mind doesn't remember when you're working, when you're not at work, right. and vice versa. Yes, the, the the reason that I love that show so much is the sci-fi of it. Mm-hmm. If they can make like the back rooms into something like with a really neat concept behind it, mm-hmm. uh, thinking again of the writers of Westworld, right. uh, I might be super on board. Because okay. that type of shit is my shit. Westworld is absolutely my shit. Mm. Especially those first two seasons? Uh, Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I mean, I kind of like all of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it's not always, always all the best. Mm-hmm. Um, But no show is. Uh, except for The Last of Us so far. <laughs> right. Don't jinx it, man. Yeah. Uh, Overwatch is getting a new game for Valentine's Day <clears throat> called Loverwatch. The game is a text-based dating sim where you can court either Mercy or Genji. You can play it starting February 13th at loverwatch.gg. And if you manage to get the secret ending, you will get a special play of the game highlight. Point of order. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Point of order. Please, everyone, forgive me. I do not mean to be ableist about any of this. I don't know how a lot of this works. But the game didn't call itself Romance Watch or Love Watch. Mm -hmm. It called itself Lover Watch. Yep. I don't think Genji is capable. <laughs> he seems more machine than man, is what I'm saying. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 will the game tell me? If so, I fucking load it up right now and we can play. <laughs> I will romance the shit out of Genji if I can just find out if, if any of this is possible. We know for a fact that the world of Overwatch has a lot of prosthetics. So True. It True. just makes sense that he would just be. But Genji is practically a giant prosthetic, so he's basically Mister Gadget at this point. Okay, you know actually, what? This is a good point. This I, is a good point. I think, I think you I, just sold the game to yourself. Yeah, I I withdraw my objection. Um, <laughs> let us continue. All right. Disney had a ton of announcements this week with sequels to Toy Story, Frozen, and Zootopia being in the pipeline. But even bigger than that, Disney announced they are laying off around 7,000 people or 4% of their total workforce in a move to try and cut costs. A majority of the layoffs will be from Disney Media and, Inter- and, Disney Media and Entertainment Division. Well, I get it. Like, you know... We want to keep our stock price the same. We want to keep our bonuses at the C level the same. We so we cut a bunch of salaries for positions we think may be redundant. Right. Every company suffers when they do this. They all do. It's it's short term profit for long term problems. And I don't. I I, I I deeply dislike when companies do this. I really do. But. Um, yeah, man, that's Disney. I mean, Disney, do, did, Microsoft just did it. Um, mm-hmm. EA just did it. Uh, there's been a lot of layoffs going around, especially in the tech sector. Yep. Two of my very close friends have recently been laid off in this exact scenario. Um, it, 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 it sucks, man. It, it really does. According to the GDC State of the Industry survey, 91% of developers have said that they feel that targeted harassment online is a very serious issue, with 13% saying that it's a minor issue, 5% being unsure, and only 4% saying that they do not think that harassment and toxicity aimed at developers is an issue. Let's fucking unpack this. Yeah. I would like to first guess the demographic of that last 4%. Right. Yeah. Let me. Uh, I'm pretty sure they look like me. Yeah. I was going to say, let me uh, let me Google that real quick. Yeah. 91% of game developers feel that the targeted harassment online is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That is big enough that they're being asked about it. Mm-hmm. Why, why are people going online? Why are people like this, Hector? Because the internet give everyone a voice and everyone use that voice to complain about shit online. Look, uh, <laughs> the way that we do games journalism today is is frankly a travesty for like 99% of it. Right. It's all about putting a project, talking about a project way out in front to build the hype train, even if you, you're not sure you can deliver on the promises you're making. Right. When this happens, when you have a project two years out, three years out sometimes, five years out sometimes, Mm -hmm. that somebody is going to basically make their entire personality and maybe already has by the time you've announced it. Somebody who, if you're making a remake or a remaster of something they loved in their childhood and changing the slightest detail, you're 
we live in a world where someone can obsess about that like crazy look up the company website find their list of employees find the exact person who's in charge of doing those changes and then stalk them online and some people don't have anything better to do and some people were never educated and told that this is not okay behavior <clears throat> that's why people are like this honestly it's because we give them the access to be and we let them right um I yeah I, I feel like they're right that that, that 91 93 percent 91 percent they're very they're they're absolutely correct and there should be something we can do about this mm -hmm. and I don't know I played Overwatch today mm -hmm. and toxicity has gone down a lot because people understand the game better people are understand you know what 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 problems are in in, in more understandable ways Blizzard pops up a little warning that says. Hey, by the way, if you uh, say yeah. something racist, we will record it and kick you. Exactly. They have, Blizzard has warnings all over the place not to be an asshole, and there are consequences for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like we need you know hard and fast rules on, but uh, you know what what you can say, but it's specifically what you can say at people mm -hmm. and and have like real consequences, like having them deplatform. Mm -hmm. And, and these, this is stuff that happens all the time, but it usually only happens to famous people. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, a million, you know, one guy can spit up a bunch of bots to just harass your DMs with death threats and, and no one can do anything about that. Right. We need a more robust protection for people against this kind of harassment. And this is in every space. This happens in movies. This happens everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there will be all kinds of horrible things said about the actors in The Last of Us or how it's woke. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen all of that bullshit and repercussions. Very true. Very true. And I mean, Nick Offerman, the gentleman he is, is kind enough to ignore it and not spread it around. But, you know, he is a older white gentleman who can just be like piss off. Right. You know, he, he he's not the, he's not targeted by racism and a bunch of other shit. Some people, this can really affect them. And some people don't have the clout and the money to be able to fight back with their own, you know, legal teams and stuff like that. And they just have to sit there and live with it. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and it sucks. And, and, you know, people are always like, well, you know, just don't look at the comments or like, don't check your DMs. Or, no, that's not how any of this works. Yeah, it's not. When people are talking about you, you go and see what they're saying. Right. Like, like, that's human nature. And, and yes, you can ignore it to a certain degree, but uh, people will, if they think you're ignoring them, people will find a way to put it in your face. Right. Yeah. I mean, you hear about even just friendly interactions um, with YouTubers who are, you know, uh, on Twitter posting about, you know, oh man, my flight got delayed and post like a picture of like their feet at an airport and have fans meet them at the airport because of the picture that they posted of right. like the floor and they like got online and matched the floor with the right airport realized mm -hmm. that was their city and went to the airport to say hi right like this is the level of thing we're dealing with here. yeah those kind of parasocial relationships are very unhealthy yeah and obviously we are because of the access to platforms like twitter you know that's how this harassment's getting spread and mm -hmm. it sucks because these are people who pour their heart and soul into the products that they make for their, their customers. And just maybe don't. Yeah. Just maybe don't. That's all I have to say about it. Jeez. Yeah. Did, there was this, there's this really great, I think it's the Simpsons movie right at the end. Tom Hanks is doing a PSA during the credits and he says, hi, I'm Tom Hanks. And if you see me in public, please just let me be. Right. And I mean, yeah, that, that's it. That, <laughs> that's that's it. it. That Can you please it. just let people be right. <sighs> All right. E3 will be the first physical E3 event in four years. However, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have stated that they will not be in attendance at the event in Los Angeles. Yeah. That is what 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 are what are they going to have at this point? Right. right. So 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 the breakdown is Sony has switched to their PlayStation Directs and they have gotten a lot of popularity with them and they're fine with just letting that be the thing that they do. Right. Sony sells, you know, consoles and prestige exclusives like maybe twice a year and and, and they're good with that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think they need to be at E3 to tell you to convince you to buy the next big PlayStation exclusive. They can sure. just tell you about it mm -hmm. on YouTube and then release it. Xbox is kind of an in-name only one because technically they're going to be across the street mm -hmm. and they haven't been to E3 in a while. They're still going to be doing their show, right? but they're not at E3. Now, Nintendo, Nintendo is the big one. And Ninten the Nintendo one makes a lot of sense to me. 
E3 usually happens in July, uh, June or July. Yep. Um, Zelda, the, the the new Legend of Zelda, um, whatever it's called, the sequel to uh, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. comes out in May. And there are no releases on the horizon after that for the rest of the year. Right. So Nintendo, who usually has a massive presence for like new stuff at E3 that they want to show off to people, get in people's hands, you know, mm-hmm. play with the thing. The, the tactile experience is a big part of the Nintendo experience, always has been. It's a great place for them to advertise, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. But they don't have anything to show us. And, and and that's not to that's not to shit on Nintendo. They just plan their release for right before E3, and they don't really have anything to talk to us about. Plus, right. their Nintendo Directs have also been popular. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, Xbox just had like one of the best developer showcases I've seen from them in a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, about a month ago or, or a few weeks ago. God, what is time? Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's weird to think about because they are doing E3 this year, mm-hmm. but I don't know who's gonna show up. Yeah, I, I, like, I feel like the biggest thing that we have to look forward to is the PC gaming show at E3. And Devolver Digital. Devolver Digital. Oh, oh, God, I hope they just bust out and be like, we're the only ones at E3. We won. <laughs> and um, and the very, very hilarious tweet from Jeff Keighley for Summer Game Fest, who's like, hey, yo, we're still here. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's going to be what I'm looking forward to this E3, the Summer Games Fest, Devolver Digital, and, uh, yeah, the PC gaming show. Yeah. Live service games have taken a beating this week with six games completely canned. From Apex Legends Mobile Mm -hmm. to Crossfire X, we are seeing a trend of these live service games like Square Enix's Avengers come to an end. Yeah. So I think there was an inevitability here. If you... If you remember the MMO craze after WoW, you know, sold more copies than any video game ever had and had like more subscribers than anything else on Earth had. Yeah. Um, every company started development of, a mem- of an MMO. Mm-hmm. And like three of them came out because it's a very, very hard type of game to develop mm-hmm. and complete and actually be able to show people and be like, hey, do you want to play this maybe? Um, yeah, MMOs are incredibly intricate and, and overly complicated. Uh, live service games are not, especially the mobile ones. They, they slap those together. And no disrespect to the developers, but, like, it comes together pretty quickly. And with the way that they work, y'all, I mean, they come out fast and they're kind of loose, and then you work on them as people buy in. So all these games came out because, you know, there was a live service craze after, you know, Apex Legends, et cetera, of Valheim, you know, uh, Among Us. So the flash in the pan stuff that just sells con- among us isn't free to play. I'm sorry. But the, the the big stuff that like hits like wildfire, people jump in. I mean, Overwatch, Overwatch did it. You know, the, the converting to free to play is and, and being a live service thing is usually a, a formula for success. But when every company is, you know, it when every publisher is making two or three with like three different developers and they all hit the market at the same time, be them mobile or on PC or on console. The market saturates really quickly Mm -hmm. and we end up with like the guitar hero rock band syndrome all over again to where people just stop playing and stop buying this stuff. And when you have a game that is entirely dependent on people playing it and buying microtransactions, if people aren't playing the game, you're dead in the water. Mm -hmm. You're completely dead in the water. You're hemorrhaging money because you're paying for all this server space that you're it's not being utilized yeah constant updates constantly people trying to hack in constantly people trying to game the system find an exploit in your economy but like the people who are getting on having fun and paying the two or three bucks to like get a little extra power or maybe a cool skin Mm -hmm. if those people go away your game's over because if nobody if none of those people are playing you don't attract the whales and those are the people they're after the people who will pay who would drop a thousand dollars into the game like it's nothing you know that's who they're looking for but if those people don't have someone to play with someone to own they're not going to play your game Mm -hmm. and you know maybe the world's a better place we have less live service games in in it just throwing that out there i love that all of these companies are in the find out stage yeah because you know they all decided to fuck around a little bit Mm -hmm. remember and and I'm seeing all of this, and I can't help but remember back to a time when uh, 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 Jedi Knight came out, and EA was like, "Well, I mean, we release this, but we don't expect it to do well. No one's gonna don't like fall it. Fall in order. No, yeah. no one's gonna like. You know, single player games don't sell. And now they're about to release the sequel to like huge acclaim, and everyone can't fucking wait for it." Mm-hmm. 
all the while, like a lot of the live service service stuff is just a tanking. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe maybe people really are interested in stories and good gameplay and you know a, a genuinely well built uh, world, a polished game. You know, so something that that is just good that isn't a sequel to something or it even if it is require you to get on every fucking day yeah so something it. without an incentive to log in every day right you know something like like a current like i just just barely started playing the the dead space remake and oh man is, is the quality there and the 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 improvement on the original there and i know the game isn't going to ask me to buy anything else the most it will ask me to do is play the game a second time in New Game Plus because there's a little extra stuff. And I'll probably be like, okay, I already paid for you and you were fun. So I'll play you again. Right. And that's sometimes that's all you want. It's true. That's why I played Fallen Order. It's why I'm going to, I can't wait to play Survivor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. According to Bloomberg, 343 Industries is dropping their Slip Space engine, the custom game engine that was used to build Halo Infinite. They are going to be moving over to exclusively Unreal Engine going forward. Earlier this year, CD Projekt Red made the decision to drop their in-house engine as well, working on uh, working in Unreal 5 for the upcoming Witcher title. Mm-hmm. So, um, I care, and, and, and this is going to sound weird, because I love The Witcher so much more than I love the, the Halo franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I am more okay with this for CDPR because all of the Witcher games are a little different. Mm. They all feel a little different. They're also janky. They all are also janky. And the Unreal Engine is famously very moddable, very customizable, and they have some incredible programmers at CDPR. Yep. Now, Halo. There's a reason all the Halo games feel the same. For all the way back to Halo, you know, Combat Evolved with Bungie mm-hmm. through 343, to Halo Infinite, those games all feel like Halo because they all use the same fucking engine that they have slowly improved upon over the years. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, I'm usually not a fan of this because Bethesda, um, but but Halo has always managed to look pretty good, except for that that one thing with Infinite. And now I'm starting to realize why that might have happened. <laughs> but they did end up improving the way the game looked, and the game still felt like Halo. Halo Infinite felt like Halo Combat Evolved. The reloads, the animations, the, the, just the game feel, the floatiness, the presence of it, it was all there. The way that the enemies move when you shoot them in certain parts of their body, that's all that Halo engine. Mm-hmm. Having to recreate that feel, and they know they have to because Halo feels like Halo. If, to, if we pull up a Halo game and it feels like Call of Duty, Halo's over. Mm-hmm. It has to feel like Halo. So they have to make the Unreal Engine 5 engine feel like that engine. Like the slipstream engine? Yeah. That's going to be very interesting. That's a daunting not, And that's not even to mention all the Forge shit they love to do all the time that sure. they've done with that engine. The, 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 the user-created content that people come to the series for. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that is a daunting, tough fucking task. And 343, uh, I, I guess, is still going to be developing Halo into the future, even though it, 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 the, the, it, what ended up happening with Infinite is not the best. Um, but, you know, they're, they're still supporting the, the multiplayer game, which is free to play. It is a live service um, that is doing very, very mid numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I, I feel for them because they're going to have to learn that engine and they're going to have to make it feel like the slipstream. Yeah. It's going to be a rough road. Uh, yeah. But it could mean good things for the Halo franchise. It could. It could. And yeah. whatever. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about the Witcher one. I mean, they're going to make another Witcher game, which, okay, great. And, um, you know, it'll it'll probably look better and run better because CDPR does make some janky-ass games. <laughs> very, very true. People love their games, but they, they, they be a little janky. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're full of lore. <laughs> right, lots of lore. <laughs> Stuff right. to the brim. So we have two big news sections to cover. So let's start with yesterday's Nintendo Direct. Yeah. I don't think we have time to cover all of it, but we can get some highlights. Yeah, yeah, highlights are good. There's a lot of Nintendo-y stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pikmin 4 got a release date. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I recently played um, Tinykin, which which is a a Pikmin-like, and it was wonderful, and it made me think back really fondly to all my times, all the times that I played Pikmin um, in high school, you know? Samba de Amigo Party Central. This is a franchise that will not die. 
Yeah. It's just like once every five years, it just rears its ugly head. And it's like, would you like to shake some plastic maracas? I would love, like, someone please start a YouTube career. I I would love to hear from somebody who cannot wait for every Saba de Amigo <laughs> release and who's just like, Yo, check out the improvements. Check out the improved gameplay. I can't right. wait to break out my instruments again. Right. Um, this is my shit. Let me, I want to watch like an hour and a half essay on why someone loves this shit and loves every iteration. Cause like, I don't fucking get it. Yep. Yeah, I, I really don't. And that's becoming more and more fascinating to me these days. Like, yeah, I can watch, you know, the Sphere Hunter talk about Resident Evil 4 all day. I played that game. I can be like, fuck yeah, that was great. And yeah, that was kind of lame. I hope they improve that in the new one. But if someone like just sat down and talked to me about Samba de Amigo, I'd be like, uh-huh. And then what? <laughs> right. Then what happens? Like, I have no... Con what's, what's the lore of somebody? Yeah, I have, like, absolutely zero idea what's going on in these games. Please explain it to me. Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. Oh, that was fucking dope. You never played Dead Cells, I did, did you? I did not, know. So Dead Cells, for anyone who doesn't know, is a roguelike that came out of right when roguelikes are really hitting their stride. Um... It is a game where you, you know, you get different, you, you uh, play through the game and it's hard as nails and you have branching paths, a lot like a Castlevania game, like the early ones. You know, do you go up or do you go down? Do you go into the dungeon? Do you go into the tower? How do you get to the end level? And by the time you get there, you need to have developed, you know, grabbed or purchased enough weapons to where you're powerful enough to actually fight at that level. Um, it's a really cool game. It's very satisfying, and they've ha it's had a ton of support over the years. But seeing that Castlevania content really made me want to play it. The problem is, I think it's Switch exclusive, which, uh, which, which I, and I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't like stop to check. But if it's Switch exclusive, I'm gonna be really upset because I really, really want to play that, yeah. and I don't have a Switch. Uh, let's see here. We love Katamari is getting a Nintendo Switch remaster. Hell yeah. That was, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, let's see here. The the first three Etrian Odyssey games are being remastered for the Switch. Is there the, the JRPGs, I yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, the JRPGs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. So they're, they're like remakes of the first two Advance Wars games, which I never played them, uh, but I've heard really good things. They're like, you like tactical art? You like yeah. tactical RPG? It's just the tactical Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's a bit of, uh, not, not Breath of Fire, uh, Fire Emblem. Yeah. It's a bit of Fire Emblem, right? Like yeah. tactical RPG, yeah. like combat. You just have tanks and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tanks are cool. Yeah, it's be fun. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there's, you know, of course, the uh, Nintendo Switch Online. They did a big thing where like, Here's all the Game Boy games that are coming oh, to Nintendo Switch Online. That was neat. I had a yeah. Game Boy as a kid. I played a yeah. lot of Game Boy games. I never had a GBA, but I know our friend Ross did. And mm -hmm. yeah, it, I mean, he had that thing in his pocket every day in high school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I was looking at that and I was like, man, you know what? This is what I've always asked from Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Now, the cherry on top will be if I buy a bunch of Game Boy Online with my Nintendo account games, mm -hmm on my Switch, to play on my Switch. Mm. When they make a new console, do I keep those games? Well, this is part of the Nintendo Switch online service, right? which means they're just free and on there. Oh, as far as yeah, part so, of the... So um, if you've never used... So you you cannot purchase them individually? No, 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 they're not purchased individually. They, they're just released, like, one one every month. Okay, so, they, so it's a live service. It's a yeah, Netflix. Yeah. You, but not this, a live service. This is it's their a, PlayStation Plus. This is their, you know, Xbox Live service that you pay for. <laughs> And you get Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Uh, now it'll be Game Boy. And if you get the advanced one, which is like their plus plus version, mm -hmm. you get the um, Game Boy Advance games that they release as well. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, that I mean, this is that that is actually super cool. Considering what the Switch is and the fact that it's designed to be play on the go, mm -hmm. this is perfect. This is so cool. Yeah. Now what I could not believe they didn't say this one till the end. Metroid Prime was remastered. And they dropped it on the Nintendo Switch that fucking day. Yeah, and it looks really good. Like, it's a really good remaster. Please do not forget that that game is almost 20 years old. Yeah. Like, like wow. The, the game looks great for what it looked like on the Wii. Mm -hmm. Remember, it came out on the Wii. Uh, the first one was GameCube. GameCube, you're right. It came out on the GameCube. Yep. And we just had the cool controls Yeah, for that it. was uh, Prime 3 was Wii. Yeah. And they also did the Metroid Prime trilogy on the Wii. Yeah, no, I'm dating myself because I, I didn't get a Wii until I could play Metroid Prime 1 on. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Let's see, what else do they have? Uh, let's 
Professor Layton's getting a sequel. A lot of people are really excited about that. Yeah, and, and you know it's funny because I, I immediately when the trailer went up, I, I was like, "Oh, that's Professor Layton. How about that?" Yeah, that's still a thing that exists. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was a, it was um, it makes sense for the Switch because it was always a portable game in the past because it's a puzzle game meant to be played on the bus, on the trolley. Yeah. You know, if you have public transportation where you live in your country, you need something to do while you're on your way to work, and yeah. and, and Professor Layton's a great thing to do. All right. The big one, though, was they showed off the new trailer for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this on my couch. And when that trailer came up, I said, if this doesn't end with a fucking release date, <laughs> and I'm not even excited to play. Like, I, no, yeah, I didn't no. play Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I've played a Zelda game since, like, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. But I've seen trailers for this game enough that I'm like, if you don't just fucking give us a release date. Yeah. And they did. It's going to be May 12th. But, like, holy shit. Yep, yeah. So, so the last holdout we have for games that never get release dates is officially Silk Song. Right. Um, uh, please God, just, just, <laughs> just put us out of our misery. Just get you that release date. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to the second big news item that we have to talk about. Um, so this actually happened before this last week, but we were off the air and frozen in our apartments. So we're going to talk about it now, and that was. All of the fucking DC shit that James Gunn dropped into our laps. Yeah, just like, hey, guys, here's what I'm working on um, now that I'm the boss. Right. So it was a very candid conversation. He was very much like, look, things have not been handled well in the past when it came to DC and how they handle their franchises. Um, so we're 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 do we're doing a reset. We're we're starting over. Here we go. Yeah. And he actually starts started by confirming that the upcoming Flashpoint movie is the movie that is going to reset the universe. Uh -huh. And which makes sense because that was my guess when it was first announced. Well, it makes perfect sense, but also like it I think he's low key being like maybe you should go see this one. I know it's not mine, but you should go see this one. Yeah, so Flashpoint will be resetting the entire DCU. Um he said somewhere in there that like most, almost everything in the DC universe will be connected, but there will be some one-off else worlds, like the Robert Pattinson Batman. It's kind of its own universe. Yeah, I love the Joker that. movie. Obviously, its own kind of thing, uh, and the sequel to that. But let's talk about the confirmed things. Uh, the first one is called Creature Commandos. Um, it's an animated series of military superhumans. It's written by James Gunn, um, and he straight up said, "Like, hey." These characters could appear as, as cartoons and also in live action projects. Yeah, that love was, it. A big thing that he talked about is that, like, we want to try and get the actors to do all of the things. So, like, if an actor is in a movie, he'll be in the cartoon, or if he's in the cartoon, he'll be in the video game. Like, we're gotcha. Trying, we're trying, keep, keep the voice actor right, being the actual actor. We're trying to get the consistency down for that. I love that. Waller will be a spinoff series to the HBO Max show Peacemaker. So, it'll be Viola Davis's character. Um, and yeah, it's going to be about Amanda Waller. Shove that into my fucking veins, man. Like straight up. Okay. Viola Davis is a goddamn treasure. She first is of all, like, a Renaissance woman. Yes. And, and, and she is just punching so far below her acting talent. Just right. to like, like, like wade into the DC universe to have to play like a, the, the most badass and bosses of ladies. Yes. And, 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 and she, and she kills it she every time. It. And, and it's amazing. Even even in the really bad Suicide Suicide Squad movie, she is a bright thing. light of acting in that movie. Yeah. Her and uh, Margot Robbie just like are, are are the two highlights in a movie that I still can't recommend you watch, mm -hmm. but you can watch the James Gunn one. They're in that, and yeah. it's wonderful. <laughs> Superman Legacy is uh, going to be the new Superman story that they're doing. Um, it's going to focus on his upbringing on Earth as well as his heritage from Krypton. Um, the film James Gunn is calling the true beginning of the DCU. Okay, of his DCU, of his I guess. DCU, July eleventh, twenty twenty-five, and that's Superman. That, that Superman, Superman Legacy, is what he's going to be doing. Okay, he's, he's working on that project. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's Superman. But I don't know James Gunn writing Superman. So. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot that can go on there. Um, I mean, give us Red Sun, you cowards. Right. Especially now. Holy right. shit! Imagine what that would be like. Here's the thing: is that 
oh, people just seem to fall in one of two places on the Superman spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's either you, you love it or you hate it. And yeah. typically if you hate it, you say, well, I don't like it because Superman isn't relevant anymore. Right. Or he's too much of a Boy Scout or he doesn't have any flaws and all like, right. yeah. Or, you know, he's too vanilla or he's too powerful. And all I can say is it really sounds like you didn't read a lot of Superman. True. Yeah. Because but it's also James Gunn doing Superman, which what does he love to do? He loves stories about family. Oh, yeah. That is his whole ass oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. So doing a Superman story, it will probably be very family forward, very mm-hmm. family focused. Yeah. I mean, what else does Superman have to ground him? Right. Right. Yeah. So he also announced Lanterns, which is going to be an HBO television series that will focus on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Uh, James Gunn went on to say that the series will actually tie into the bigger DCU story. So these are our yeah. our, our cosmic, our DC the cosmic, cosmic stuff that trickles down yeah. under the nice Earth DC stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds great. It sounds fucking expensive. Uh, Lantern right? stuff always is. Right, Green Lantern's an expensive fucking property. Yeah, but I love that they're introducing it in a show so that you can like slow roll concepts out because I mean. You can say like you know that this responds to fear or or a bravery or whatever, but when it comes to the audience, they're going to be like, yeah, but what are the rules, right? You know, and then there's a lot to go through there. So the idea that it's a TV show rather than a movie, which has like two hours to not only introduce you to this concept but also make you care and explain to you the rules and have a compelling story and a big fight at the end, like that's that you don't have enough time. Exactly. The authority will be a big movie in air quotes according to james gunn um it's based on characters who want to fix the world by any means necessary ah uh james gunn is saying that it is a very different look at superheroes okay i mean i hope it sounds like he's i don't know the authority from dc Mm. um but it sounds like he's trying to do a boys uh, the boys Mm. or a uh I mean, fuck, what is Poison Ivy besides someone who just wants to improve the world? Right. Yeah, every time someone's like, oh, she's, you know, she's evil, she's a criminal. And I'm going back to Harley Quinn. She's like, I don't actually do evil things. The thing that I find the most things. fascinating about all the stuff that we're talking about is he'll be like, oh, well, I'm going to tell you about Green Lantern, one of the hottest properties that DC has. Also, let me tell you about the five properties that you have never heard of that yeah. we are adapting. Yeah, and that was the best part about uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad right. was, you know, you got you – know, the, the fucking rat Weasel. guy yeah, uh, yeah. Rat and, and you, you, yeah you got rat catcher and you got uh, the, the human weasel yeah. and you I mean we got a, a, an amazing on-screen king shark mm-hmm. um i mean this is good stuff we got fucking starro right like come on like this is what this is what james gunn brings to the table and i'm always here for it uh paradise lost will be a game of thrones style television series that is based around the uh, all-female iron uh, island uh, Themyscira. Yeah. So we will have Amazons. It is a show about Amazons. Probably kicking a whole lot of ass. Yeah. No, I'm in. It's the only way I get to go to Themyscira. They would not let me in. So <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm happy to visit on screen. There you go. Uh, the Brave and the Bold is the new is a new Batman movie that will feature Bruce and Damian Wayne. Um, Damian Wayne being the newest Robin, uh, who is also Batman's son. Right. Uh, uh, who is an assassin who is in the League of Shadows. Right, right, yeah. That, uh, Batman's son via Talia al Ghul, son of Ra's al Ghul, the, 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 the king of assassins. We, we may skirt around <laughs> how that pregnancy happens. Yeah, no, we don't, uh, you know, if the show doesn't, we won't, but, you know, we'll right. see what happens. Yeah. So there's, there's some questionable, some dubious things happened for, yeah. for Talia al Ghul to get But, but the, I have always loved the dynamic and it, it in the comics and in the adaptations, um, uh, the, the DC animated adaptations uh, between Damian Wayne and, um, and and Bruce Wayne, because Damian is like all of Bruce's worst instincts, just like coming to life, cons- uh, like constantly. It's you know, like oh well, yeah, we should obviously kill that person; they're a threat. He's right. Like, um, but Dam- he's like, no, we won't do that. He's like, well, why not? It's simple. You just do this. They're like, no, stop. <laughs> so Damian Wayne is very fascinating if you know anything about the history of Batman because most people for a very long time fucking hated him. He's a petulant child. Everyone hates petulant right. children. And now people are starting to come around to Damian Wayne as a character. But here's the thing I'm the most excited for mm-hmm. that that is an unsaid thing. If we're talking Damian Wayne Robin, that means it is a very real possibility 
the rest of the Bat family will exist and we can get like a Nightwing movie. I would love to to have Damian Wayne and Nightwing and the fucking Red Hood. Like, <laughs> like, like just, just, yeah, just, just like fighting or just like being like this dysfunctional family and Bruce being like, don't make me fucking Batgirl pull over. Occasionally showing up. Yeah, Batgirl being like, hi guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, Dude, your dad's weird. <laughs> your dad's weird. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Booster Gold is going to be about the character of Booster Gold. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're unfamiliar with Booster Gold, he's a weird character. Again, very divisive. Very, uh, you either love him or you hate him. He's uh, basically this guy who's a loser, like in the far future. Okay. And he basically steals a bunch of technology. I want to say it was a, from the Flash Museum or something like that. Okay. He just steals a bunch of technology to go back in time to use his knowledge of past events to save people and be a hero. Yeah, yeah, this is a, I mean, uh, I don't know any teenagers of our age demographic who haven't had that fantasy. It's like, well, what could I, if I went back in time, I could like change things, right. you know? I yeah. could stop Hitler, right? Yeah, so, so imagine if like some dork actually did get that chance. Right. Uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It's going to be a science fiction epic film, is what, what he's calling it. It'll focus on Supergirl. Um, she's going to be very much more jaded in this version of it uh -huh. because it's, this is actually based on a comics run by the okay. way all of these things that he quoted um he, that had a comics run associated with it mm. in the last week or two have been the number one bestsellers on amazon fucking awesome like, good literally they went in they, everybody heard oh it's based off this book cool buying that buying this one um so yeah this is going to be about a super uh super girl who um you know did watch the people of her planet die and mm. is trying to find her place in the universe. Um, it's a very introspective Supergirl. I like um, that. How do, how do I, where do I fit in when I'm one of the last of my kind? Right. You know, so you get all of the, you know, the, it, the, the, the alien angst that we get from Kal-El, you get all of the, uh, uh, you, you know, the family stuff and the, where do I belong? But I, I, I think it would be super, it, it, it's going to be super interesting knowing that there is, you know, uh, there's also the dynamic of like in a world with a Superman, what does it mean to be a, you know, a superwoman, exactly. a super girl or whatever the fuck they're going to call you, you right. know, like, how do I, how do I do what I want to do and set myself apart when there's already this path laid out for me that mm -hmm. maybe I don't want. Right. Uh, Swamp Thing, they're doing what they're calling a, quote, very dark horror story that's going to take place outside the rest of the DCU, but it will feed into the rebooted DC Universe story. I cannot fucking wait for so, a, a, a dark the, horror Swamp Thing movie. Right? Yeah. Like, like, and it's not just that I love horror and that I, I think Swamp Thing is incredibly underused and that one show he got a while ago was pretty fucking cool. Yep. The um. Like what I wanted as soon as I saw like like the image that was tweeted, I was like, "How do we like make Swamp Thing? How to blow up a pipeline?" Right. But like all I want is Swamp Thing to come out, like especially because he gets his own like Earth to play in, yeah. and just be you know do do all the stuff Poison Ivy never did. It's just like let's just. I mean, I am the ground. Let me tear the city down. Yeah, yeah. They they, they won't stop pumping you know pollution into the river. That's also me. But let's um let's just take away their ability to do that. Yeah. You know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be very cool. I, I can't wait. Yeah, so the last thing he kind of said as he was wind, winding down his talk was just like, hey, we have this, you know, Aquaman sequel, and then we have the Blue Beetle movie that's coming out, or a project, and basically that will be the starting point of a lot of this. Yeah, and, you know, so, so my only exposure to Blue, to Blue Beetle is as a child. Yeah. He's not always a child, right? No, no, no. Okay, it's it's just a young justice thing. Yeah, it's okay. a, a young justice thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but then we've got Flashpoint. Flashpoint's just going to reset the entire universe, which, again, don't go back and listen to our past episodes, but I definitely said that back then. <laughs> I absolutely 110% did say, like, they're going to reset the universe with Flashpoint. Well, it's the best thing to do because they, they, did, their, they did a really bad job with their first run of the universe. Yeah. I mean... It wasn't, you know what, and that's not even fair. Some of those movies are genuinely good, and some of them, you know, just needed a little bit more love and care yeah, that they didn't time to get. Cook. But we can, I mean, with the Eternal Marvel Universe to compare them to, they just, they they, they, they look like second fiddle. They, 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 they right. feel like the B-tier B of movies, and I'm hoping that this changes all of that. And also huge kudos to James Gunn, 
for doing what you said, for introducing characters that the general public isn't familiar with and selling comic books off of it. Right. If there's anything Marvel should be taking notes of, it's fucking that. Right. Give them something that they do like be like, yo, this year we're gonna do Squirrel Girl. And then just like watch that shit fly off the shelf. I'm pretty you know? sure that when like the Infinity War stuff got announced, like Infinity Gauntlet comic, oh, yeah. which was a comic in 1991. I know I have the poster hung in my room, <laughs> you know, at, at 91, and it, that shit got bought. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, do that. Do that. Take take the hint. Kevin Feige, James Gunn, have lunch. Y'all didn't talk to each other. It's no longer- Miss Marvel sold extremely well when that show got announced. Fuck yeah. No, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited for the future of the, of the DC universe. I think James Gunn coming in and being very candid about it and being like, all right, guys, here's the crap that it's been and here's what we're doing to fix it. Mm-hmm. Just going to outline it right now. Yeah. And isn't this like the greatest move from someone like him? Because it's not like Kevin Feige tweets like, hey, guys, look, look here's what's coming in the next round. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't need to do any of that. People, you know, he, he's got them. Right. People are hooked. But for James Gunn to come out and be like, so – New regime, I'm taking over. Here's what I have in the pipeline. Like, this was such a cool announcement. Yeah. It did, you know, occupy a lot of our time, but that's good. Yep. Because you know what we haven't been doing with our time is since uh, Man of Steel occupying it with DC shit. It's true. Yeah. It's very, so very so true. here we are. Yep. And that's everything that we have for the show this week. Don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash gnggcast where you can chat with us and also talk to me directly on Twitter at gnggcast. So until next time for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game. 